0: Hello and welcome to Pyers and Sperling Unwired, a daily discussion about business, technology and current events around the world. Featuring Jim Pyers, a career software privacy and mobile communication pro, and Ben Sperling, a leading professional in digital health and healthcare technology. This program is casual and non-rehearsed and may feature occasional guests or recorded interviews. Let's join Jim and Ben now.
1: Hey Ben, how are you? Doing well, Jim, how are you? Good, so Jim Pyers from Escondido, California. Ben Sperling from Point Loma, California. Welcome everybody. Uh, Got a couple of housekeeping things to take care of today want to talk a little bit about the success of the show number one, since we're already at a number two, so we we probably need an exit strategy already. Um, <laughs> so show number one, uh, we, we've we've got an international following. We had multiple countries uh, downloading the our first podcast and we got a lot of good feedback. Um, picked up a new sponsor already from Sharman based on the show title. Uh, that was interesting. Um, I did want to give a musical attribution t- for our intro and outro, and that is to 77 Bombay street, <clears throat> the song 47 millionaires. We have permission from the band to use that song. So thank you to, th- to the band. They are a Swiss band that, um, that sings in English. And, uh, one of my, uh, favorite Swiss bands and one of uh, the my kids favorite bands from from Switzerland and we've seen them in concert there. So really a bunch of cool guys and uh I want to thank them for uh letting us use that song. Um just a little bit about the uh theme for today. We're going to be talking about aging in place and uh this 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 will probably take a couple of shows to get uh through all the topics here but we're going to be talking about some of the challenges of aging in place the technologies um, that are being used to help people stay in their homes longer uh, as as many uh, people uh, are living much longer than 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 we used to and so there's a whole host of issues that that come up about that we're going to be discussing on today's show Ben's going to tell you a little bit about the earthquake that just happened at his house, and uh, it was just at his house too, so didn't didn't happen anywhere else was, in it California. <laughs> it was localized to his house. It was localized. Um, so, so uh, tell us about the earthquake, Ben, and then
2: we'll um, and then we'll get started. Uh, who knows? It sounded like a tr- car drove into our house, but uh, we were unable to to pinpoint the the cause, but, uh, I'm sure it will come up later and, and like anything with home ownership, it will likely be expensive. So <laughs> no, da- no damage found though, <laughs> nothing to date. Um, but yeah, Hey Jim, I'm super excited about this topic, aging in place. Um, it's such a broad topic. Um, you know, we could, like you said, probably do many shows on it, but, you know, just in the past two weeks, uh, aging in place came back up personally for my family. Uh, my dad, who's in his eighties, um, has been lately been going in and out of the hospital, um, because he really just can't take care of himself. And a lot of it, it seems like hydration and some other additional issues, but it's getting to the point where my uncle is saying, eh, maybe time for a nursing home. And my dad called me and he's like, I, you know, I want to live at home. And so one of the key things I was thinking about was, is is his safety and if he falls and living alone, you know, what happens? Like, and I know you've had some, you know, professional experience kind of architecting and creating these emergency, personal emergency response systems. So I'd love to get your feedback of like, you know, what do you think are kind of the key features? Who's the players? Like what's, you know, what should people be considering about when you're, you know, thinking about this kind of aging in place technology?
1: Well, and your story sounds like a a very common story um, across the United States, and I'm sure in other countries as well. So uh, here's a few numbers for you. 66 million caregivers in the U.S. There's 26 million Americans over the age of 65 right now who, who get support in one form or another and are suffering from at least one chronic health issue uh this is also very common you know like with your dad like with my family um you know not only are they older and that it, and not moving around as as well as they once did but they've they're also probably got some some kind of illness that they're dealing with um it can be diabetes could be copd could be uh there's a host of challenges that people face especially in the you know the upper years. So. Um, I did want to kind of give some context about um, what kind of problem this could ultimately become. Uh, The smaller population, people are waiting longer to have children. Uh, There's not as many kids in the family uh, to look after those elderly parents and the, the aging population is really growing at a very rapid pace. And I've seen numbers like 80 million by 2030 and things like that, 2040, where you've got, you know, 80, 90 million people that are, you know, considered elderly in the country. And so taking care of those uh, family members, keeping, you know, you bring up another good point, you know, you've lived in this house all your life um, and and now, you know, that you kind of want to, you end up in a sort of... Uh, 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 an assisted living facility. I don't think that's something that I, I would want to happen to myself or, um, you know, and nothing against those assisted living facilities. They they do a great service, but it'd be great if we could come up with better ways to keep our family members in the home longer uh, while we can. So, yeah, I, I think we can go down a couple of different routes here. Um, one of the yeah, other things that's... Interesting. I'd like to, you know, before we dive into the the technical stuff, you know, when you think about the worlds of smart home and security and all and all the all the kind of the IoT technology that's getting put into homes now, um, you know, from a consumer perspective, a lot of those things have sensors and um, you know capabilities, uh, you know, voice. Uh, AI and things like that, so you, you can sort of see this merging of the smart home with aging in place as as becoming a real interesting area to explore um, to address this population of, of growing um, the growing elderly. What Absol- do you think?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you know, I think we went to a Park and Associates conference, connected health you know, back in October, they had some stats that 90% of adult Americans that want to stay in their home, right? And I was reading a Harvard study, I think it was their Center for Housing, and and they listed kind of four kind of key concerns about the older population. That, again, most want to live in their home, but their home isn't set up for people with limited mobility. So, you know, getting a walker or a wheelchair around or whatnot, the bars to, you know, in the shower, in the bathroom, like uh, support bars, you know, they're they're just not set up. And also the cost of housing, like to be able to maintain and keep up, most can't afford that housing. And one of the other are those those
1: retrofits are expensive. Right. I mean, that's that's a lot of money to to, you know, to throw at, you know, maybe a house that you've got to sell or, uh, you know, that you may not be in that long. And so now you've got to invest a whole bunch of money to make it uh, usable. Right. That's that's
2: a big challenge. And some people come up with, you know, then it's about funds, right? Paying for that retrofit. And some people go down that reverse mortgage, you know, type of scenario. Those are pretty popular. Um, um, or, you know, their, their loved ones are kicking in minded to do it. Um, you know, one of the other key uh, key things that about aging in place that is a challenge is not just the technology, but this, uh, feeling of isolation, right? So they want to be in their home and, and be comfortable. They've got financial pressures. They've got kind of you know the design of the house pressures. You know we talk about the retrofit and then also this isolationist. They still want their privacy as a as as a senior that's aging, but they, you know, well, but the caregivers like us that are you know in that you know forty to sixty range, um, you know that are looking out for our adult parents and also our you know growing families, right? You know, we've got a lot of, a lot of things that, that we've got to consider. So we're trying to make decisions on aging in place solutions to enable our parents to live comfortably and have privacy. This is, this is a huge challenge. And like, you just can't force something on your parents, right? Your senior parent. Um, but you know, the burden kind of rolls back to the adult child, right? And, uh, Yes, it's a huge issue and this kind of category of people that you and I are in this, you know, 40 to 60 um, has been labeled by many as the sandwich generation, you know, being sandwiched between caring for the adult, you know, senior parent and and kids. Um, And oftentimes us as caregivers, have this, you know, stress of, you know, trying to care with not just their healthcare needs, like making sure that somebody, if they go, they get to the doctor, um, but it's also their whole life. Like, um, you know how are they getting groceries? how are their meals prepared prepared? Um, are they taking care of their you know bookkeeping and their taxes, et cetera. I mean, so you're now taking on a whole new life when you're in this sandwich generation.
1: Well, on their and yard they, work, exactly, you know who's doing the yard work and who's doing the uh, you know the maintenance around the the home and all those issues, right? That's good point. yeah, you know, what's I interesting. Did, you know, you, you bring up a really interesting point about the loneliness. Um, you know that uh, you know. In my past experience, I was working with a lot of the uh, the PERS solution providers. You know, some of the ones you you would recall, like uh, like Philips Lifeline and Remo and Great Call, these kinds of guys. Um, it's interesting what what I discovered in working with those companies is that. Um, a significant portion of the interactions they have with their um, with their members is 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 really just touching base that, that you know and these are big button devices where you you're supposed to be using them when it's an emergency you know it's called a personally uh, personal emergency response system but it's interesting many of those calls are really just checking in to make sure somebody's there in fact it's 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 a very significant percentage of the of the actual yeah, yeah. You know, emergency calls they get and this is directly related to that loneliness um, or you know isolation problem that happens you know what, what if your significant other passes away you know and then you, you, you know you're basically living on your own um, this is this is tough stuff so, um, so yeah
2: the the senior pushing the button so they hear a voice right right yeah no I I get that I mean it it makes perfect sense and um, you know I looked into these purse you know devices just from a subscription and they were fairly reasonable for the most part I thought um, especially if you're talking about a lifeline really um, for your loved one so I mean certainly interesting solution but I think they go hand in hand with other things right. One of the interesting things, uh, uh, a new startup, I mean, I'm not sure how new they are, but a startup called Papa. um, And so they're kind of an on-demand platform. They call them like on-demand grandkids uh, to help keep seniors company, to fight this isolationism. And, you know, they do small kind of odds and ends, maybe prepare a meal or whatnot, but largely it is about company. It's not about, you know, moving them from the bed to, to a wheelchair. It's not an aid but it's more of comfort and I think that's pretty interesting and it seems like uh, based on some of their recent partnerships that you know it, they are getting some traction um, so that's I think that's a step in the right direction well let's let's
1: talk a little let's um, peel that onion just a tad so I kind of see these things in three buckets. You kind of were, you're, you're you're mentioning here what I would call maybe more reactive solution, which is PERS. Um, PERS is a personal emergency response system. It's effectively either a wearable or a button you hang around your neck or something you put on the wall, or um, most of them are, are, are in this. And they're, you're right, they're reasonably priced. They're, you know, 19 bucks to 39, 49 bucks a month kind of price range. They're, they're services, sold as a service. Um, they usually have some. They have some uh, some sort of health monitoring. Sometimes they're mostly it's fall detection um, and some and prevention. And it's it's really about the voice and having these professionals online all the time that you can hit the button and and have someone on the other end. So that's kind of the basic reactive service. Yeah, something happens and you you need help and you hit the button and yeah. <laughs> then they have. I would call the second bucket is more the predictive uh, bucket. And I would call, let's call this sensor-based monitoring. So now, you know, you've got this smart home and it's got all this, you've got cameras around maybe for security. You've got your home hub for, you know, your voice, your Siri, your Alexa kind of stuff. Um, and these are sensor-based technologies. You know, they might be in, you know you know, installed in the home. And, th- and they can they can do a little more. They can maybe help caregivers understand habits, uh, changes in, you know, if someone is always up for breakfast at eight o'clock and then they don't show up for breakfast, you can, you know, that sort of triggers a, a concern or an alert. Um, they're also built with uh, these kind of, uh, what would we call those, where you, you basically got a group of family and friends. And... So a lot of times these alerts for things like that, where somebody doesn't go to sleep when they're supposed to, or they're not eating, they didn't have breakfast. Um, the 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 alerts go out to families and friends, and a lot of these could be cameras. Uh, have cameras that you know can detect uh, maybe uh, a, a change in the gait of a person. You know, getting ready to to have a fall maybe or a uh, change in their vision or voice, or, or if they're not recognizing people or things they normally do. Th- these are more invasive technologies, but they're, um, they're very interesting, um, I think. And there's, there's a bunch of companies that are investing in this space. Um, and then I think the third one I would go to, so you've got reactive, you've got predictive, and then maybe you have proactive. And I would say proactive is more about kind of chronic care, treatment, um, maybe caregivers coaching on specific um, disease states, um, and maybe, uh, you know, wellness, fitness, those kinds of things come into play. And so I think there's a whole group of, you know, like a Fitbit might fall into that or a LifePod or some of these companies that, um, yeah. that, are, that are trying to p- play in that space. So those are the three buckets that I see. And, and there's, there's um, yeah a lot, of, a lot of interest and investment in these, those three spaces.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I think what you see or what I'm seeing is that companies that are in the PERS space, you know, kind of the reactive space now realize that they have data and now have built some more sensors in to give them predictive and then proactive. So you see like a per solution that has an accelerometer, right, that can measure kind of the movement, um, and they are predicting falls, right? So it used yep. to be, it's kind of predicting that, but you're also now, if it's if they're worn, you now maybe have the, the ability to predict gait, not just about falling, but you know, do they have, you know, early, you know, you know, on Alzheimer's or or Parkinson's? You can see the movement, right? And so yeah. I think the accelerometers and things they're doing there and all the data is gonna be fantastic in helping the predictive and continuing kind of their life cycle. Um so I think you know, the PERS group. And as they evolve and as they're evolving is extremely important to aging in place. You know, the things that support kind of aging in place in these different buckets also was the, the door locks. Like if you want to do a health and wellness check, I would love to be, you know, call my, you know, parents neighbor and say, Hey, go, go check on my mom. I've unlocked the front door for you cause she's not being responsive. Right? So, or, um, I'm using motion sensors, so I'm not putting a camera in there because I'm trying to respect her privacy. But you know, I can see if she's doing her daily activities, and you know, it's—is she opening up the cabinet where her pills are? That's you know, a sensor alert, right? Is she <laughs> going to the bathroom, you, right? Oh yeah. Well, so, you bring up
1: a great point there. You know, privacy because. Uh, you can imagine, you know, if it's a button you're wearing and you press it, well, you're asking for help. And so that's, that's something different than, than being monitored all the time, um, also being mom- monitored in private areas like the bathroom. And, and there are some very cool technologies I've seen where there are, they are using cameras, but it, the, the software turns those images into uh, like stick figures. And it's, it's still, you know, it's measuring all the movement and all these things, but it's not like you personally are being, uh, you know, recorded. It's like a, it's an avatar of yourself. And I thought that was kind of cool. Cause I can tell you, my mom is, uh, she's, she still wouldn't do Facebook or anything like that. Um, that generation is just, um, you know, they're not necessarily bought into all their privacy being, uh, being trampled over in any way, so so convincing her to to have one of these, um, you know, more passive but more intrusive solutions, that could be a that could be a real challenge, you know, a yeah. real sales job for me.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I don't think you're alone. I mean, I think all the caregivers in the sandwich generation are ha- having to deal with this issue where we're really the ones that are kind of invoking the need like hey you mom and dad you you need to do this like i can't like i can't have you living alone and something happened to you and you're on your floor for three days i mean that's just humanely wise you just can't do that and so what what becomes incumbent is one is we've got to a find the technology that would be you know married to what our parents need right and then convince right? And so I think that's a challenge. Now, that brings up a whole other point about like, okay, so all these companies like Great Call, who was bought by Best Buy and and Philips and, and others that have solutions in this space, um, who are they marketing to? They're not marketing to our parents, they're marketing to us. And, you know, to, as the provider of care, and likely we're the ones paying for it too, right? And putting in cameras. And so, The companies like ring and google also get mentioned in the conversation because they've kind of backdoored us right they're they're like hey we're taking care of your home security and we got some cameras and and sensors and stuff like that and we can drop ship with with our fantastic logistics to your parents door right and you know pretty much it sets up itself um, these solutions so now, as we think about aging in place, those companies have to be part of the conversation, right? Well, and
1: as I as I look at this, you know, you bring up several good points there. One is the ease of setup. Um, if you look at any of these types of solutions that I mentioned, you know, pers, predictive monitoring, CRM solutions, I don't know any of them that are really super easy to set up. and in fact, what happens to the caregiver is you become caregiver IT guy, dude named Ben. You know, you've got to you, you've you've got to have the, <laughs> you know, you you, you got you gotta have the IT skills to, you know, a lot of these solutions, they may be wireless. So there's configuration with either in-the-house Wi-Fi, you gotta know the passwords. This is the other problem when the caregiver's trying to do it. Um, you may or may not have access to all that um, equipment. You may be remote think about it now most families you know you know maybe fifty years ago everybody stayed in the same town and you know your your parents were right down the street and all that that seems to be over so yeah most, no. pe- most people don't live nearby so now you're remote how do you how do you get access to the cable box and how do you get access to the Wi-Fi router and then How do you who plugs it in? And, you know, is that something your parents can actually do? Um, My dad's really uh, a technical technology guy, and um, he's probably someone that could do these kinds of things. However, he's he's probably not
2: the uh, the rule. You know, this is a perfect opportunity for business models related to these retail folks that already have ends in a home it's the Cox cables, it's the dishes. They have workforces that are already going to the house to put in a cable box or a modem, et cetera, or whether it's you know Best Buy or their Geek Squad, people people that, that already have a distributed workforce that are entering your home, alum, uh, alarm monitoring companies, right? These yep. are people that are prime for add-on services, adding more to their bag. Um, to create revenue and stickiness for their, you know, traditional solution. So aging in place, I would imagine the big, you know, many of the big box, certainly I believe Amazon will figure something out and do a partnership that will enable kind of this remote workforce to get in there and set it up. Um, And they've already done a fantastic job with enabling kind of 1099 or independent contractors entrepreneurs to do deliveries for them Why not just kind of add on to the service, right and enable kind of an aging in place, you know team, right? Well, Best buy you, so so, so that's
1: you're you're right. Uh, that's one Possibility the other possibility is really s- some very smart product person Could actually make this stuff work in an easy way. Um, that's the other possibility, right? So it, it, one thing i noted from your the way you position these things and how they fit together was they seem to be very verticalized so you've got all these different solutions they don't really work together um and this is the same i think in security in iot in the home there's there's no way for this stuff um out of the box to all work together and in fact it needs to a lot of these things um you know why wouldn't the security system be overlapping with the PERS solution um the, the the sensors and the the alerts and all those things are very similar so so a great product person may be able to align these things and and actually have a step by step process you know ben i know you're older but you know you know now we're in in our 40s you know and then uh, you, you know you you need a certain set of Services in your home, but now when you're 50 they start to change when you're 60 now you're getting into these kind of um, You know health related uh, services. Why can't those things
2: all work together? And, they actually uh, should. Yeah. should right uh, And I think that's why I mean even you know one of the other ones I and didn't mention was like the energy companies Anybody that has let's just say a pipe or a virtual wire to your to your house Should be in this game, right? And should be able should be taking the friction out of both kind of the technology in setup, and then the solutions that get provided, the software solutions that get provided. And these are, I mean, they should be setting these up as SaaS based services, right? Um, I'm, you know, I'm I'm definitely bullish in this market. Um, I feel like there's a couple incumbents that are can make pretty big hay with their distribution model distributed workforce um but you know again it's they have to get out there with a solution make it easy chimp simple and then they've got to position it to sell to you and me the you know these you know 40 50 somethings that are taking care of our parents um well that's the other another key thing like- I
1: mean, why, why couldn't these things be
2: reimbursable yeah i mean i think you know it when you get into reimbursable, it's definitely healthcare, you know, hardcore healthcare, a condition per se, whether it's COPD or diabetes or whatnot, right? Those are reimbursable kind of remote patient monitoring pieces. And I think as we get into that topic, there there should be some extension of some of these aging in place devices to assist in that, right? That would make it easier. Makes sense. Right. It, It makes sense. I think that, um, as we think about these solutions, um, and how they market to us, um, it's likely going to be out of pocket for us right now. And I think about it also when I, when I first did this with my mom in in 2014, there was no Uber. There was no Uber Eats. There was no Grubhub. You know, you couldn't get groceries online because Webvan already in, you know, in the dot-com day started and failed. And so how, did we, a- how did we
1: live, Ben? I mean, how, <laughs>
2: how, how did we get by? I, don't re- I can't remember I, that. Well, I can't think of how many appointments I tried to do for my mom, taking her to the doctor when I'm in San Diego and she's in Atlanta and then oh. getting her to the doctor. And I was calling friends, old friends from Atlanta, to help her out, right? I tried cabs. But they were kind of unreliable. Um, You know, Uber certainly and Lyft now—they've both done. And there's a company, San Diego-based company called Veo that does uh, non-emergency transportation. Those are good companies. Um, Ultimately, though, they need to—they need to go to the door, right? Well, well,
1: now you got you got Heal in San Diego too, right? So that's that's a really interesting. The doctors but, come back to you. That's like old school when when we were kids, you know,
2: I I, I love it. Right. I mean, I love the kind of the heel model. Uh, you know, Nick, the uh, Zion team has done a great job with that company. So um, yeah. you know, when you when you've got like a chronic condition, like cancer. So my mom had cancer. So I mean, she was going to oncologist. She was going to GP. She's going to scans. Right. So, you know, the heel model, maybe if it was the quarterback of her care could help which is a whole other topic about quarterback health care. We definitely need to talk about some other time. But like getting her to those was a challenge. Getting when she when we finally got to the situation where she needed around the clock care, finding the right care provider. You know, I didn't go down the care dot com route. Um, I hired her and I had to pay them and I they had to go grocery shopping. You know, nothing was automated. Now there's apps for all this, they're just disjointed and does, they, there's nothing out there that gives you this dashboard view, right? Which I think is needed for, for caregivers, like like me at the time, right? Um, but, you know, the we, we're talking about technology when we're talking about aging in place, but we probably haven't talked enough about the, you know, the carrying of everything else of, of the bank accounts and as they set up their estates and there's so much that goes into aging in place. Um, and when you're older, you really don't want to think about that. So it, again, falls back onto us as the, their caregivers.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a whole, I can, I can sort of imagine a software suite right there for, for the caregivers to, to manage all those, assets and, um, you know, the bills and the, um, you know, healthcare part of it. And, you know, it's like, it's pretty com It's like managing a whole nother family.
2: Oh, it, it absolutely is. It's, it's daunting. I mean, and if you think about, it, there's a lot of good tools technology wise, like, I mean, the Googles and the Alexas, those are good devices for in the home because you can set reminders through an app on your phone. It can go to the device that's, you know, across the country, like, take your med or, you know, make sure you eat or uh, and they can interact interact back saying I did this or a caregiver that you may hire um, may be able to walk into the house and say, you know, I've arrived. It recognizes their voice and it, you know, kind of logs their time that they're with your parents and it, they can do journaling about what's going on. And you as a caregiver, you know, the the loved one across the country can get info, right? And, Especially when you're managing, you know, the your loved ones' care from across the country, visibility into what they're doing is so critical. And when you don't have it, you get a little bit of angst about it, and it causes stress in your life. I mean, I've read stats on the sandwich generation, and you know, 20 million, 12, 20 million households in the U.S. Um, that that are part of this, and they're spending about 18 billion annually on this. I mean, it's huge numbers, and yet the stress is causing divorce. It's causing health problems to that caregiver, like, you know, you know, overeating and diabetes and sleeplessness, which leads to all kinds of conditions. So now you're in poor health. You don't have a lot of time in your day, right? Because you're caring for your parent, your own kids. You're trying to give love to your, you know, to your spouse, you don't have time. And A lot of marriages fail because of this. I mean, so this is a serious issue that I feel like needs a little bit more attention um, by, you know, not to overly get the government involved, but the government, but also your employers. Your employers need to understand this is a great service. The tools they can provide to help you in this area will get a better, healthier employer, employee and more productive. Right. So as as big as big companies start thinking about employee benefits, this can be one.
1: Well, and this, there's the social aspect of it. Okay, so you've identified some really significant concerns and challenges. So what's the uh, you know what's the uh, entrepreneurial side of this? Well, there's it sounds like a great opportunity. Uh, sounds like you could you know there should be a lot of investment in this direction. Um, just given the raw numbers there's probably not many markets uh whose tam is larger than than this maybe except for you know mobile phones and you know a few things like that 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 every single person on the planet will have but but this is probably three quarters of the population are going to need this it's just you know except for the kids that's basically who you're targeting because you when you add the caregiver with the elderly, it's pretty much everybody over 21, you know.
2: Yeah, you're, I mean, you're right. I mean, I don't know. I mean, the problem is, is there is money because there is money, but it's cash money. It's not a reimbursed, you know, kind of insurance money. Like you can't use your HSA dollars to go buy yourself, uh, you know, a, a, a camera for your your parents' home, right? Right. Maybe maybe these should, you know, be part of HSA when it's being applied that way. Right. Yeah. You know, one of my one, my grandparents um, they
1: they were using Philips Lifeline, and he's a veteran. And I think they were, I think it was actually the VA. I got a double. You know, don't quote me on this, but um, I think it was actually reimbursable under VA to to have this, you know, the the Philips Lifeline solution.
2: No, I, Which I that's thought was fantastic. interesting. Now they're, yeah.
1: they're 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 well into their 80s, so I mean that was maybe maybe that that has something to do with it. But but I do think it would be great if some of these things were supported. And and I think with these art with RPM, you know, kind of uh, codes that are now available, you know, maybe some of these things can fall into that category
2: with well, some jiggering. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think. Well, RPM, remote patient monitoring, in um, the codes which we talk about is really about reimbursement from Medicare and and the, the private payers like United and Blue Cross. They kind of follow suit for the most part in these, in these reimbursements, at least close to the dollars wise.
0: Yeah.
2: But they're, it's really about chronic conditions like diabetes and, and hypertension and others. But you're right. But the thing about it is there's such a big overlay. With the the you know the demographics we're talking about right, aging in place po- folks, most of them do have a chronic condition, so they 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 are getting reimbursed to measure vitals, right? You know, you know, a scale, a blood pressure cuff, a glucometer, right? These are now, you know, to some degree reimbursable technologies that brings data to a software as a service remote patient monitoring app that a caregiver can look at um, you know, 20, 30 minutes a month and get a reimbursement for monitoring that, um, which I think is fantastic and there should be more of that. So there, if, if we can justify kind of expanding it like you, you were trying to allude to earlier of uh, having a few more things, that probably does make the health better by solving some of the, the emotional needs along with it. Right. Uh, cause, <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> probably both for the patient and also the caregiver. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's a, that's an interesting angle. Um, I, I would love to see more of a industry coalition to start tackling this together and have interoperability. Both from a, you know a software technology and services perspective, um, I think that's important. So, but that takes a lot of elephants coming to the table, and elephants don't like to dance together. Sometimes it's 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 dangerous.
1: I haven't seen many elephants dancing together. So now that I think about it, um, w- one thing that I that you kind of alluded to there in that last part of your your conversation with me is that. There needs to be kind of an interface for, for this stuff that's common. And one of the, you know, one of, when you think of the el- elderly, you don't have these good eyes. You don't have nimble fingers. You know, using technology, like, like, I, like I really like the Apple Watch, and it has some really great features for some of these kinds of things, like fall detection, and it's got fitness and wellness and heart rate and all that, which and, and it works really good. ECG but you've got to be pretty nimble and understand how it works and you know to take your ECG it takes you know two fingers to you know to 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 run the the software on the watch and those are things that um you know maybe would be better implemented via voice and I'm I'm seeing products like LifePod for example that um that is using voice to help this population um, utilize technology, and so it, you know that I'm working in this area of voice AI, um, and and I think it's I think that's an area that, for this particular purpose, really needs to get to be improved, and to be leveraged for, um, because uh, a- again. The vision, the tactile uh, capabilities, all those things make it, you know, y- you can put the iPad in there with big buttons. You can do a lot of things uh, to try to address that. But but voice would be superior for a lot of reasons. Uh, just it isn't that great, to be quite honest. Um, my dad's a good example. He, he was really, um, I mean, he carries his... Uh, his echo with him everywhere he goes you know so he he really likes that interface and he can get things done um and it's programmable and so so i think that direction is really going to be interesting for 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 this type of solution
2: yeah no i i agree i mean look it's it's i mean just like i I saw at ces the alexa and hey google the the voice is embedded in everything um and there's no reason why it should not be capturing you know logging what's happening in the home or with that individual whether it's taking a medication i've eaten my food or reminders to do so i mean i it's it's great i mean i use i use alexa to to wake my daughter up in the morning uh because i got tired of uh you know, her, you know, going in there and waking her up, and, and if she didn't sleep well, like you know, so it, it's so much easier, right? And you know, to to have that alarm clock, right? And, and <laughs> tell her, don't forget your musical instrument or whatnot, and 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 you just translate that into the senior, like take your medicine, um, you know, make sure you eat, uh, order groceries, you know, reminder to order your groceries, or remind your reminder, you know, remind your caregiver to to order groceries for you because you're probably out, right? There's so many great services. It's about the platform to consolidate those services to make it chimp simple. Like, Great Call did a great job with the Jitterbug phone, right? Yep. Big buttons, loudspeaker. They solved that use case really well. Um, there's other things that can use it. The Apple Watch, hey, look, I have lots of Apple products. I'm an Apple fan, um, but the Apple product, the, the, the iWatch is, is expensive and it requires an iPhone, right? And if I'm a senior, it's still not big enough screen for me to to tap on it, right? So I agree, voice probably is the most simplest thing. If we can get their prediction and it's access to the right programs, it would be extremely effective. And you you add in natural language processing and AI to it. but as you think about it you have to be very focused if you're a developer or a business person entrepreneur about solving use cases like define exactly what you want it to do right you can't say hey i built a platform and then come put in your rules you got to be very specific it's a library of things and you solve for maybe it's one chronic condition or the other and then you broaden that right and i think Other things that people get kind of wrapped around the axle about is they're looking for that one device that does everything for them. That's typically not realistic in life, right? You need to marry together a number of things that are, let's call it best in breed, but best in capture of that information. Like, you know, a weight scale and a blood pressure cup, make it easy, but they're two different things, right? Um, So you've got this kit of devices that are the best at doing what they do and are really going to provide you value than somebody trying to jam every sensor into some small thing and not going to marry to the form factor that's usable for all the different populations.
1: And I I don't know, man, but that's what they did on the phone. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like because you can sort of see that day coming when the or something like the phone. It's got every single sensor imaginable in it. Uh, it you know, seems like we're not far from there. Sure, but I don't really, agree. I, I agree. that it's, it, it's, it's not it's, that user friendly, but it, yeah. you know, yeah. It's like okay. re- remember the pushback on the camera. Sure. When they when they first put the camera in the phone, it's like why would anybody put a camera in a phone? That's such a terrible idea. You know, it's a, I kind of feel like that when you start combining these things.
2: Well, I I, had, I heard the same thing when we were talking about, and when at Qualcomm we were talking about doing the next generation air to ground network, and people were like, oh, why do you really need broadband speeds to airplanes? And you're like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and I, <laughs> no, I make I make those
1: make those people up, up in the air suffer. Why should no, they be connected?
2: No, it was it was and I did go to airlines. There's a couple of airlines that were like, and I'm telling them, hey, you're likely going to be giving away Wi-Fi in your airplanes, and they're like, no, that we're never going to do that. And I'm like. <laughs> it's happening right. right we want those we want those customers to suffer right Why no, should they? your point though like consolidation sensors i'm not trying to oversimplify it right but like there's going to be a platform call it a mobile phone or a tablet but there's going to be a paired you know all, you know ancillary type of platform whether it's a you know a weight scale or whatnot right because the phone or the tablet can't put pills in it right or and it can't you know so there's 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 a lot of different sensors. I mean, one of the sensors that I think is really neat and I'd love to get it, my hands on it. I haven't I haven't taken it for a trial run. Is I think it's called Tyco Health. Uh, I think Best Buy has partnered with them uh, and some others. But basically, it you know it it's components that pair to your phone like a you know a thermometer and a, uh, um, a temperature you know a temperature thermometer and you can check your ears and your nose. So like remotely. Somebody can provide care that really be meaningful, like they can, it has a stethoscope, right, that's paired to it. And so the doctor can say, okay, I can see what your heart rate is. I can look down your throat and say, you have strep throat, right? I can look up your nose and see if you've got, you know, whatever, inflammation. I'm no doctor, but, you know, inflammation or check your ears and I see Bulging fluid, right, and that's why you have you have an ear you know you have an ear infection. And I can actually prescribe you something, not just by you telling me your symptoms, which you could probably read off of a WebMD and make the the you know teledoc feel like you have everything under the sun. Um, I think those type of technologies are pretty amazing. I personally would like to get my hands on that one to try it out with my family because you know certainly that would make So So let even- me let me
1: just make sure I got the right one. So I think what you're what you're talking about is a product called Tito Care, it's, I'm, and I may be pronouncing that wrong. It's T-Y-T-O-C-A-R-E, and it's a, it's an on-demand medical exam, is the way it's described. I'm I'm looking at the book of knowledge here. Nice. Uh, so just and and it it looks like it, it says you can uh, perform a medical exam with a healthcare provider anytime, anywhere. So.
2: Yeah, uh, it's, it's T- got T- this T- little
1: it's it's got this little device and you know there's an app on the device and it it helps you conduct your um I guess the uh capturing of the vitals and it's it looks pretty interesting. I mean not- it's, show, it's showing using that for the ear, it's showing for the heart, it's showing there's kind of a set of little tools yeah. It's a I, stethoscope. I, it's a tongue depressor. It's an otoscope. It's a, but I don't know if it's Tito or
2: Tito. Yeah. I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah. Home. Yeah. Tito Care or whatever. I mean, I'm looking at the yeah. Best Buy site. You know, 300 bucks, you get that. I mean, it, it's pretty interesting. It You're able to get more data again from home. And and that may not just go to the doctor, right? I may be the loved one across the country and I say, tell the caregiver that's there, stick this in their, you know, throat, take a picture or whatever. Like, getting more data, I think is super, super valuable. I think tools like this are super interesting, not just for, for aging in place that we talked about, but think about this in, you know, rural areas, right? This would be awesome, right? And maybe they they check it out at the library, I don't know, but you know, or your local pharmacy, you could pick this up and you know, it's a it's a service where you're not paying for that, but you're, you know, when the telemedicine visit happens, you know, you get to do it, so I, I you know, these are the type of things that I think will help drive, drive it.
1: Very interesting. All right, Ben. Well, anything else we should dive into? I think maybe there's a whole show on sensors. There's a whole show on reimbursement. I think we've got another one um, we could put together on
2: some of these products that we were, that we mentioned today. Yeah, I think you know one of the one of the one of our other new shows that could go that piggyback off this is really about wearables, you know, sleep steps, heart rate, you know, vitals, et cetera, and understanding how they work, you know, uh, what the value is per constituent, whether you're an athlete or you're a you know just general population about health and fitness. So I think that might be a good topic for us next. Um, Yeah, good good show, and uh, man, I always love chatting with you.
1: All right, Ben. I really appreciate it, and we'll we'll see you next time.
2: Take care. Thanks.
0: 47 millionaires on a ship with marble squares licking up their lollipops. No one ever interrupts. 47 millionaires. On a ship with marble squares Playing with their teddy bears Talking about the rising fairs. 47 millionaires On a ship with marble squares Whistling to their favorite song Dancing, laughing all night long 47 millionaires On a ship with marble squares Praying to the morning sun Talking with their gold with marble squares. There was a wave that killed them all. And now the lollipops are gone. 47 millionaires on a ship with marble squares traveling to the Free. Tell me how can it be that money can set you? Tell me how can it be that money can set you free? Tell me how can it be that money can set you? Money can set you free. I'd love to be a millionaire. I wish I had a gold mirror, and I would waste my precious time by looking.